Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have a power panel, y'all. It is a group of, when I say powerful, I'm talking about powerful. Powerful women from around the world, and we are here to talk about empowerment because that's what we do. And so I want to get this thing started. I'm going to start introductions of who the panel is uh, briefly before we get into this amazing topic that that pretty much runs our lives these days. So I'm going to start off with one of my favorites, Miss Linda Clay. Linda. Hi, Anika. I'm so happy to be here. Empowerment is one of my like biggest passions in the world. Um, I'm a business and lifestyle strategist. And I came to that term because I found that working with my clients, you can't have a balance in your life if you're, uh, or balance in your business if your life isn't balanced and your mindset isn't balanced and your business isn't balanced. They all go together. But people don't pay attention to their life and what it looks like. And so I'm a great believer in really looking at that, which leads into the fact that um, I am so passionate about women dropping the masks. Women stop playing these roles that we've all been conditioned to play. Um, And in my age group, we definitely were given only a few choices and we had to fit those molds. And working in corporate America for over 20 years, I was pretty apt at putting on different masks as I walked into work um, to fit what was required of me. And I think it's really time that women stop wearing the masks, that they step into who they really are, step into themselves and become transparent. And I know you saw my post um, yesterday that I wrote about aging. And that was, that's the start of really trying to get people to see you can just be who you are and embrace it. You talked about your age bracket. What is that bracket? My age bracket is I will be 69 this year. So I know you can't tell listeners, but yeah, that's the bracket she's talking about. And it is a big (laughs) difference. Like, despite the fact that we joke about the fact that you're not that old, um, the truth is that your uh, perspective and your experiences are so much different than ours, regardless of, you know, how we live today the things that you've seen are so different. So I'm really glad to have you on this panel because I think that wisdom um, is you always discount. You're like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, your wisdom (laughs) is so different than everybody else's because you have that generational knowledge that a lot of people take for granted, especially millennials. Well, and and I think to that point, the point of the post yesterday really was to get people to understand that social media, there's a lot of falsehoods out there. And it's way worse now than it was when I was growing up, when you were looking at the girls on the beach in their two-piece bikinis drinking a Coke, and you'd sit there going, oh, okay, if I drink Coke, I can look like that. Now it's much more prevalent. And you look at Instagram, you look at Facebook, and you're looking at these Photoshop images of people thinking, that's who I should be, because that's what they're telling you. And it's not true. You are who you are, and you're perfect. I was listening to Pink's... um, effing perfect before (laughs) um, getting on the podcast and it's true we are perfect exactly how we are and we need to stop trying to be something we're not so that's who I am awesome and yes well we are but that starts with empowerment and um, I think I'm going to go on to the next speaker 
because you guys, we're gonna this, this is gonna be an ongoing conversation. But Kathy, can you tell listeners um, who you are and how you've been into this amazing topic? Sure. So I am Kathy McKinnon of Wellness Warrior Coaching, and I really came to this path through my own transformation of life events. So these life events of cancer, of infertility, of divorce, of becoming a single mom really taught me more than anything I ever learned in school because it taught me more about myself and what I want for my life. And it didn't teach me anything in a book, didn't teach me anything that I had heard at work. And so I took all these lessons learned to create this business to help other women create habits of confidence, beauty, success, and remove all those limiting beliefs that hold them back. And I think if you have encountered all those things that you just mentioned, I think that you have every right to speak to other women because a lot of women and a lot of people in general, they always want to know what's your credibility. Like, how is it that you can say something to me? Like, what do you know about it? And from your background, it seems to me like you know a lot about both of those things because it's interesting that a lot of times we become empowered from our pain. You know, it's going through those things which turns it into power. And, and that's what a lot of people don't, they don't get is that it kind of stems from the opposite. You know, I absolutely believe your, your mess is your message. It really is. It really is. So thank you for being here as well. Thank you. And Bianca. Hi. So I'm Bianca Marie. I am um, so happy to be here with you all today. I come from the field of public health, been in the field of public health, working at the federal, state, and local level for almost 20 years. Um, specifically, always been a focus on women's health and making sure that women have what they need to be healthy and have optimal health. Um, I am a motherhood transformation coach, um, which is a title that I've coined, but I coined it that way because I really am honored to be able to assist mothers wherever they are on their motherhood journey. Specifically, um, I started Blooming Mamas Wellness, which is a health organization that provides training and teaching and coping skills um, from doulas such as myself um, to moms who are in the prenatal and post uh, postpartum journey where they are. Um, every mother um, is different. Every story is different. How they even um, got to the point as a full spectrum doula. I also help mothers who are going through adoption who have had stillbirth um, and other cases as well. So I'm wanting to make sure that all mothers, regardless of where they are in their journey, if, um, infertility issues or whatever the case may be, that they understand that they are empowered to have their health that they want to have and that they are empowered to go through the journey and they're not going through it alone. We are a community. I love that because we have to have community. We are not designed to, do, to live life alone. Thank you, Bianca. Sure. All right, Candice, can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes, and thank you so much for this opportunity for all of us to come together and talk about empowerment. In fact, the name of my 
my foundation is Empowered Whole Being. And I started that in 2001. And it's been a journey of my own of awakening to who I really am as a person, as a woman, and beyond gender. Like, what are we really capable of? And some of the things that I, I've, my own journey, I didn't share this when at the beginning when we were all talking, we were just talking about what we um, were doing now. But my background, just so women maybe can understand that there's a little more to relate to. I came from a household that um, had some, some real challenges. Um, a, a father that was physically abusive to my mother and at a young age um, needing to testify against him in court and um, getting in between them so that he wouldn't actually do what he was claiming he would do, which was to kill her. So taking trauma and, and having um, also issues with um, other violation situations, what I've done in my journey as an intuitive empath uh, is there was always this inner guidance, no matter what chaos was around me, there was something always there that was saying, hang in there, hang in there. And as I started to touch into the, the superpower of being an empath and intuitive, I began to touch into who we really are as an expanded energy, that our human experience is sort of like an avatar in a role-playing game. And um, that there were ways to expand our limits and that who we think we are, if we're thinking we are determined our value is determined by the trauma in our life then i would urge people to reverse that and just see that that is just experience it's not who you are it's brought enrichment it's brought strength it's brought understanding and it's brought compassion and so i created empowered whole being foundation to bring this to people women, men, I work with uh, people from ages of in their early 20s all up into their 60s. It doesn't matter. All that matters is reawakening to who you really are and being able to embrace the beauty of who you are and feel that empowerment. Thank you, Candace. That is so true. Um, okay, Salah, can you tell us who you are? Hello, hello, hello. Yes, I'm the Salah Ward. I am a business architect. I'm out of Atlanta, Georgia. So what I do is I help uh, small and mid-sized businesses be able to scale quickly and efficiently to enterprise level. Um, I am also am a TEDx speaker. I work for the National Organization for Women, uh, the largest women's organization in the world. I organize uh, the largest march in the history of the United States for its time, the March for Women's Lives. Um, I was a business and bankruptcy attorney for going on a decade, and currently I'm, you know, keeping my, my project from, from front of blocks to front of offices, which focuses on empowerment through entrepreneurship for people that have previously been in the criminal industrial complex, uh, for former sex workers, uh, for people that have survived domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, of course, like I told you guys before, my story didn't always start out like that. I actually uh, started off a few years ago um, as a child sex worker. 
um, and, and through the empowerment that I had to, to, to bring to myself and the resilience that I had to practice, I eventually became an activist, which led me to becoming an attorney, which led me to becoming a business architect. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I do in the world. I love that because that leads me into the definition of empowerment, which I've been holding on to. And it's something, you know, we throw this word around in life coaching and in the coaching and, and business sector. And I know a lot of people who aren't entrepreneurs, they probably think, okay, why do they always say this word? But empowerment means the authority or power given to someone to do something. And empowerment, I mean, when you think about giving the authority or power given to someone to do something, Candace and Salah both mentioned a lot of our backgrounds come from trauma. They come from pain. They come from somebody having the power or their authority to do something. But it wasn't necessarily positive. And so I, it surprises me that looking at the word empowerment, it doesn't really give off a, a positive connotation unless you turn it into such. And so that really has a lot to do with what Candace was saying is that the energy and everything that we talk about, when we talk about mindset, when we talk about my, my slogan is turn your pain into power. You know, the reason why we all have started our own businesses, our own nonprofits is because of the pain, because of the things that we've encountered that were negative and we had to figure out a way to turn it around to make it livable, to make it not reflect who we are and what we are. And so I want you guys to um, to talk about, you know, what it's like, you know, what what was the deciding factor for you that made you determine that you were going to empower yourselves to empower others? I'm going to start with Linda and then whoever wants to jump in, go right ahead. Linda, yeah. what gave you that? that um. You know, I didn't bring up my past, and I mean, I know, Anika, you're aware of all the stuff that I've gone through, and I mean, it started being raised in the 50s. Um, you were raised in a very idyllic um, lifestyle because everything you saw, everything was perfect. You know, there was Father Knows Best, there was Donna Reed Show, and there was two beds, and the parents never fought, and everything was just like this ideal situation. You roll yourself into the 60s, and all of a sudden, you have a president that got assassinated. You have a civil rights leader that gets assassinated. You have a presidential candidate get assassinated. You have the Vietnam War going on, and that ideal life of the 50s went into chaos. And that really defined, I believe, my age group um, more probably than a lot of them realize. I got pregnant when I was um, 17 in my senior year of high school, and I was an unwed mother, and I gave the child up for adoption. And, and that has been my catalyst, not realizing that it was a catalyst until actually my 60s, when I sat down one day and I went, wow, I don't know who I am. I've raised two families because I had raised my oldest daughter's child and my own children and a bunch of stuff going on. And, and I didn't recognize who I was because I had been programmed in a lot of ways to fit into this box. And I call it programmed because we are programmed. We're girls, women are programmed to be perfect. This is your, your goal. Your reach is to be perfect, perfection. You can't reach perfection. And so if you go through any type of life challenges or trauma, that takes away that all of a sudden you're, you're internalizing and you're going, oh my God, 
something's wrong with me because I'm not fitting the mold. I'm not fitting that box. And so going through that whole process myself. And then, as I said, when I was, I think I, would think I was 64 and I woke up crying and sobbing going, I don't know who I am. I was lucky I could, um, my kids were all raised. Even my granddaughter was old enough to be on her own. So I sold everything, packed two suitcases and went to Portugal for five and a half months. That was the first time that I actually empowered myself to do something for myself. And then I, as I reach out, you know, I'm of an era where we burned our bras and we're supposed to be free and we're supposed to be this. We're not. My clients, when in talking to them, are still fitting, trying to fit into that box of perfection, are still trying to fit under these, you know, you're only, you can only do this, you can't go out and do this because, oh my God, what will people think? And so it led me to realize that part of this whole thing with business building and life building and all that is really unpacking, I like to call them your, uh, your suitcases that you have hidden away in your head. You have your dreams that you put aside because you were supposed to go to college and you're supposed to be this and you're supposed to live your life this way. But meanwhile, you've got these dreams that are burning inside of you. So you put them in a suitcase along with all those messes, the insecurities you have, the um, challenges you face, the pain that you don't know how to deal with. Anika and I've had conversation after conversation on dealing with trauma. Like I lost my husband in a very short period of time. It created PTSD in me. I dealt with it because I had to. But there's a difference with healing and dealing. It's huge. So out of that, that has prompted me to really become an advocate to women to really step into themselves and go, you know what? I'm me. I love every single aspect of me. My stomach that might stick out, my boobs that sag, whatever it is, you love yourself for who you are. Then you can actually be, you can empower yourself. And so when you look at the definition of empowerment, because I pulled it up when Anika was talking, authority or power given to someone to do something. I tell my clients and I tell anyone, it's the authority or power to give yourself the right to do something for yourself and be yourself. So that's kind of my, you know, where I really got involved in all that. I, I completely started. agree with you, Linda, because this was definitely a lot of my experiences when I was going through my infertility, when my marriage was crumbling and all the abuse and craziness that was going on in my household. I didn't tell anyone. I mm -hmm. internalized all that and blamed myself and put it on me because we were supposed to have the suburban America life, right? The white right. picket fence and the kids and everything is supposed to be perfect. And so mm -hmm. how could I go and tell everybody that it is not at all what it looks like? And oh. I didn't. I put it on myself and internalized it and then, you know, continued to deal with it until things just came to a complete implosion. Mm -hmm. And that's when I said, I have to change this for my son. Right, right. And that was initially the catalyst. I, you know, I had taken five years to have my son. I owed it to him to get out of this craziness. Yeah. And then, okay, how do we do it? But again, those standards and expectations held me back from doing it a lot sooner than I did. 
because oh, yeah. I didn't even know how to begin to explain it to anybody. Well, you know, I felt I was failing. And I think that part of it, if correct me if I'm wrong, but part of it is not only do we have fear of somebody else judging us, but we have our own internal judge. And oh, our absolutely. own, yeah, our own internal judge is almost more harmful to us, I think, than the external people that judge us for what we do, you know, oh, and yeah. it, to me, it was, I, I did something wrong. There was, it's with the infertility, right. something was wrong with me. I didn't do something right. I should have done something different. And, you know, in terms of infertility, Bianca, I'm sure you can chime in the doctors and specialists, God bless them but they don't deal with the mental aspect of it. Oh, really? They come in, they treat you, they give you the treatments, you get your baby, it's great now, carry on. But it's an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> and that I didn't tell anybody about. And so to your point, I was judging myself the whole time. Right, yeah. right. Sometimes we are, we are our own worst enemy. We fight ourselves with that. Um, and that's powerful what you said about you doing it. You did it for your son. And my story started off as when I was a child. I think a lot of times people overlook the impact of a childhood, those first yeah. years, those formative years, and how they can carry with you. Um, my story started off with, um, it was two different pieces that really came to a crossroads for me and that was um, observing my grandmothers. I had one grandmother that lived in the rural part of the south, I'm from the south, and she had 10 children and if it, if it was a matter of being able to work, being able to cook, being a part of the community, doing something at church, health it wasn't anywhere on her top 10 priorities or lists or on her radar as you can imagine um, and she had a heart attack on her front porch at a very early age. And I can remember not um, understanding and having that conversation with my parents as to why, why couldn't she get to the hospital? The closest hospital was almost 60 something miles away from her. And then I had another, my other grandmother who lived in the city and she worked at the hospital. And I could see that, that difference between her healthcare and the healthcare of my other grandmother. Um, my second grandmother, she, um, passed away she had dementia and Alzheimer's and so I learned about aging in place there and I learned about being able to have adequate um, access to health care and I didn't even know health disparities what it meant the term the terminology the studies the evidence behind it. I had no idea what any of that was but that was really as a young girl I understood health disparities I understood inadequate access to health care and I saw that and I saw how that impacted not only my two grandmothers but then my parents and my you know my aunts and my uncles and my and our entire family and so that was the first foray for me into women's health as a young child but then the second part which my story is kind of similar to you Kathy um when I had um in my first marriage I had infertility issues and it really was from stress I couldn't tell you how many doctors I went to and they said well you could you should be able to get pregnant but we can't really find out why you can't you know we really don't know why you have these pains and that pains and it was just a whole um journey of me blaming myself when it really was external factors impacting my health and so that taught me that your health is your wealth you know without your health you're in the complete state of health which is you know, your social, your mental, your financial, all of those pieces of 
your health it really makes you a healthy person it's not just oh i can you know run up a flight of stairs without losing my breath so i'm healthy no it's really all of those other pieces to make sure you have that well-being um but lastly for, for what i do now the turning point was when i was um pregnant with my daughter um i went through a lot of different trauma during the delivery um from the from how i was treated i was treated as a minority woman and a woman and i talked to other minority women and i um, just hear the stories of how you're not really um, treated and valued and whether it's because you're not married or um, i have one girlfriend her story was horrific where um she got her epidural and she asked for um it was a student anesthesiologist that did her epidural she begged for them to not have the student to do it they didn't listen to her they didn't honor her wishes her husband was outside the door they made him leave the room she ended up having to have an emergency c-section because the student didn't do it properly but i just have in my journey i've connected with so many women who weren't um empowered and listened to and heard when they're going through delivery and that is such a um, powerful time in our lives and you can really have trauma trauma from the delivery not only just the physical aspect of it but the mental aspect of it and that can carry on you know through the energy that you have with your children so yeah I definitely agree that we have trauma from different ways and I, I use the um, phrase that out of my misery became my ministry so that's my phrase is very similar to the one I've heard here today Bianca, I, I totally mimic you in that our, our well-being is not just the food that we eat or the exercise right. that we do. It's everything that we put in our bodies, the, the thoughts in our mind, the surroundings, the environment, you know, the friends that we hang out with. All of that is going to add up to your well-being. That's right. And people, you know, sometimes just try to fix it with one or two of those things. And you really have to balance them all out to get mm -hmm. to this optimal world, right? And I call mine my awakening through adversity. Yeah. If, if I can interject one point, um, the one thing to, you know, you brought up, Bianca, the formative years, that zero to seven is when we actually are forming who we are. So what we take in at that point is huge. And we take it in, of course, by observation, by listening to conversations, yeah. um, children mimic, you know, they, they pick all that up. And one of my, I love to listen to Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza, because he talks about that muscle memory and how when you're 69, something can trigger and you're going, what the hell is that response? And it actually has to do with something when I was a child, you know, and people, because we have to fit into this, this, you know, box, we don't know how to address that. It's, it's very scary to go back and look at yourself and go, why am I feeling that way? You know, I'll tell um, people to think about something and go, is that my voice? Is that who I am? Or is that my, my mom? Or is that my dad? Or is that my teacher? And trying to separate out what you're taking in. Is it really your thought? Or is it something that was planted, you know, since, what are you, what are you saying, Nika, seasons ago? You know, <laughs> kind of thing. I think that's absolutely true. Like when you said that most people are affected uh, by, you know, from those ages from zero to seven. My mother actually was on crack cocaine ever since I was seven. And that's kind of when my story and life started to change so dramatically. Um, when I was, you know, a younger child, I remember coming home from playing with um, the kids in the neighborhood. 
And um, I, I knocked on the door and nobody was there to answer the door. And I had two little brothers at the time. One of them was less than a year old. And the other one was probably about four years old at the time. And I could hear them on the other side of the door. And um, nobody opened the door for probably about 15, 20 minutes. So I ended up having to climb over the balcony to be able to break into the house through the sliding door on the second floor. When I got in, my mother, you know, wasn't there. And we were kind of used to my mother kind of disappearing a little bit because, you know, she, she was addicted to crack cocaine at the time. And, you know, if, if anybody has ever heard, you know, or dealt with people that have been addicted to crack cocaine, they know that sometimes they disappear, you know, for days at a time and then they come back like nothing ever happened. Um, so we were used to my mom disappearing. So we waited a day and, you know, she didn't show up. And, you know, we waited a couple of days and she still didn't show up. And then... You know, a couple of days later, you know, it was Christmas and she still didn't show up. And what I found out during that time, you know, a little bit later on was that my mother ended up getting shot um, in a crack cocaine deal um, that kind of went bad. And, um, you know, it kind of turned my life, you know, fast forward, you know, some years later, you know, that was the moment that I realized that Santa Claus didn't exist because there were no presents, there were no phone calls, you know, there was no mom, there was nothing that was going on. Um, and eventually I kind of fell into sex work. Um, in order to be able to take care of myself, you know, and, and my family, I, you know, I, I was in trailer parks and crack houses and that's where, you know, I, I learned my most valuable lessons in life. And the first one that I learned, I actually learned from my mom and I'm, I'm super grateful, you know, to her for teaching me that lesson. But that was, you know, that nobody, you know, can define what your future is. Like she taught me to never uh, believe in the word no. You know, so there was no, people taught me, told me no all the time in life. They told me no so many times, you know, but I learned from my mother and my community that no never meant no. No just means that you don't understand what it is that I'm trying to offer you right now. So, yeah, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen when, you know, somebody that's addicted to crack, they'll come up and they ask you for $5 every day. They'll come and ask you, let me get $5 and you'll say no. You know, they come back the next day like you never said no in the first place. Let me get another five dollars. And they say no, you know, and then, you know, they come back again and you cuss them out. Like I told you two days ago, I wasn't going to give you five dollars. Why are you still coming back to me? You know, and they'll come back again like you never said nothing. They come back again like you never cussed them out in the first place. And it don't matter how many times that you tell them no, you know, they're going to keep coming back until you give them the five dollars. Eventually you're like, OK, here's five dollars. Don't come back no more. Here's the, here's the money. Here's the money. Right. So I always was like, you know what? If they don't take no for an answer. Why should I take no for an answer? So when I was applying for the bar, you know, after I passed the bar exam and I was applying with attorney regulation, initially they told me no. They were like, you know what? You know, you've been a sex worker. You have a criminal background. You know, this is not what an attorney looks like. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you what an attorney looks like, right? And a lot of times, you know, the, the, the world and the community, you know, would tell us that we're not what superheroes look like. But learning from my own crap communities, I learned that this was what a superhero looked like. A superhero looks like me, you know, so they can't tell me what I'm supposed to look like or what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to look, you know, in the future. One of the biggest, one of the biggest things that really, really, you know, kind of helped me in life is that as a sex worker, we were already the outcast of the community. So we weren't bound by everybody else's ideas of success and failure, right? So I could define it for myself. Whatever I decided success was, was to look like, you know, that's how it looked like for me. I didn't have anywhere to fall, right? And at and, and that time I had already been at the bottom. So no matter what nobody told me, I could do what it was. I could define success and, and failure for myself. And I think that, you know, that's what really, really sparked my own empowerment and led me down that journey to help others get empowered as well.
I'd like to jump in there. Sila, that was awesome. <laughs> you are amazing. And you know what? You just, um, you touched upon another definition of empower, which is to give qualities or abilities to. So if we're following this thought of when we talked about the first uh, definition of give or delegate power or authority to ourselves, as Linda said, well, qualities and abilities to ourselves. We're saying, I got this. Do I want to have this ability? You know what? I declare I had this ability. My, un unlike Linda's background, my mother was a pioneer and, and she fought roles her whole life. She graduated from college with a double major in chemistry and biology at 18. She was the only woman in all of her classes. And she was told over and over again, why are you here? Women don't do science. And she took that, and that's well, that was my role model. Um, she, she wanted to do something, and she, and she felt that it was important to us, her family. We'd do it, whether it was throwing us in the car and driving across the U.S. <laughs> in, a, in a car that barely could make it to see our other sister. Her faith, we did it. You know, same thing. You don't take no. She was the only science teacher in the high school that she taught in, in her department. And, and I remember one time she came home from school and teaching and she was so spitting mad because one of the other men in the department had said to her, you know, Elma, I really like talking to you because you think like a man. And she was like, what? <laughs> and so um, it kind of, that was my role model. You know, like you learned some important things from your mom. I learned from my mom. You know what? Gender has nothing to do with ability. You want something, you go for it. And I was the only woman. Um, Linda, you're going to be 69. I'm already 70. So I was a woman, the only woman in most boardrooms. Uh, and, and I would, I started my own business. Um, and I was the first, uh, the first brand management type company in the natural products industry back in the 90s. There weren't any. Now there's a ton of them. And uh, if I wanted something, okay, what's it going to take? And you know what else I do? Because an intuitive empath. And I, I, tap into who we really are as divine essence, right? And if I don't know how to do something, I'll just say, I'll get into that higher space of self, higher space of connection, and I will say, show me what to do. Show me what to do next. And every time, there it is. Whatever I need, all I have to do is be willing to being open to the possibility that I'm more than just a story. I'm more than whatever I experienced up until now. The trauma doesn't define me. The trauma gave me power to have compassion to help others in a way that's important for them. So I can understand a little bit of what it was like to walk in their shoes. And as an empath, that's important because we need to know 
what's our energy and story and what we're feeling from somebody else. Because it can get really confusing. And if we're, and as women entrepreneurs who are in the coaching and support uh, world, being able to understand what's ours and what's our clients is really important as well. So I just wanted to throw that in there about the qualities and abilities, giving ourselves permission to say, you know what, I want this quality. What is it going to take for me to develop that quality? Maybe I already have it and I never even acknowledged it. So that's empowerment as well, is just, Letting yourself see that you're more than you think you are. I've had some, my, my son is a former Marine. And so I wanted to understand what his life was like as a Marine. And so I, I've always, I've taught strength training for women back in the, gosh, when was that? <laughs> in the late seventies, I, there weren't any books for women on how to do strength training. So I took a man's you know, book for men and I adapted it. Ended up teaching classes to women at the Y for quite a while. And their stories were amazing about, you know, um, I, couldn't, I couldn't even mop my floor without getting out of breath. And now this and this one girl got rid of, a, of an abusive relationship with a guy because she started to feel strong. And so um, I, I had this background in strength training and exercise and all that. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to do the mud run at Camp Pendleton, which is a 10K through a Marine, uh, uh, modified Marine Corps obstacles, you know, walls and tunnels and got to swim across the lake and blah, blah, blah. So it's 10K. And I'd never done anything like that before. And to say I was scared you know what is an understatement but but I just trained for it and I went and I did it and after that I realized you know what if you really set your mind and your heart to something and you bring your energy into a place of expansion meaning that I can that I can't is contraction and when we were talking about health and stuff I just want to throw this in that um, on a quantum biological level, just so you all know and share this information, the amino acids that, that we, our DNA uses to build, you know, for building blocks of the DNA, it spins counterclockwise, ever expansive. A, a, an amino acid molecule has two parts. One part spins clockwise contraction, one part spins counterclockwise expansion. Only the expansion portion can be used by our body. So if you want wellness, that's why focusing on feeling good makes a difference because that causes our DNA strands to expand to full optimum. If we feel not good, start the feeling bad feelings, judgment, it contracts, energy physically contracts in our body. And then it weakens the bonds and the DNA strands and they don't replicate properly. So there's a reason that people have brought themselves, cured cancer, done everything. I've grown bone in my jaw 
by just using these principles and understanding how we function at a, at a deep quantum level of our physical self. So there's a reason for that. So if you've practiced feeling good feelings, keep doing it. When you notice judgment, notice it. Be, see it impersonally. Like, oh, this is just information about something that maybe I can work on. Instead of feeling that it's who you are. It's not. Because who we really are, think about it. If we only use the expansion DNA of amino acid for our DNA, you know what that means? It means we're infinitely expanding. That's divine essence, whatever you want to call it. That's what we really are. Sidebar on that. I just wanted to say that. So I, I love what you said about that. I, I think that's amazing, especially when you were talking about women in your generation and the experience that they had to go through. What it reminds me of, I used to work for uh, North Carolina Senator Ellie Kinnaird um, as her assistant. And one of the things that she taught me is never wait for somebody else to show you what it looks like. She actually, she, she came into uh, politics at 70 years old. She, all she did was learn how to play the violin all of her life, you know, but she wanted to be, she always wanted to be an attorney and, an, and a politician. And uh, everybody always told her that that wasn't possible because she was a female, because she was a woman. So it wasn't until her 70s that she said, you know what, I don't want to play violin anymore. I want to actually be an attorney. She went to law school at 70, um, North Carolina Central University, Eagle Pride. Um, and then she became um, the North Carolina State Legislator. So she, she was a, an amazing, an amazing influence in my life to let me know that I didn't have to wait for anybody. When I was younger, you know, I knew that I wanted to be an attorney also, but I didn't have anybody that looked like me that had ever done it. I mean, first of all, there weren't any brown women around, you know, that I could say, oh, that's an attorney. That's how she did it. Let me follow her steps. But not just that. Like, I didn't know any, any attorneys that had ever been in crack houses, you know, that hung out in trailer parks, you know, that had criminal records, you know, that wanted to change their lives. I didn't know anybody like that. Because people only tell their successes. So they want to tell you how they went to Harvard and how they were always a straight A student, how they won every competition, right? But they don't want to tell you about the downs that happened, you know, the valleys that happened in their life. So I didn't have anybody that looked like me that had taken the path that I wanted to take in life. You know, I waited for a long time, but exactly when I started working for North Carolina Senator Ellie Kinnaird, who reminds me so much of everything that you're saying, you know, when I started working for her, that's when I realized that, you know what, I don't have to wait any longer. Look, let, let me define what this looks like for the rest of the world. Exactly, Sheila. Yeah, exactly, Sheila, because um, what, what you just said is um, perfect because it goes to the point that I'm making that your story is not your identity. This is one of the reasons why I've been researching quantum biology and mechanics for a long time because I knew this wasn't true. I knew that I was more than my physical self, but I didn't understand how and why and what did that look like. And I wrote a book about this and I'm in the midst of writing a third edition of it because there's so much more information that has come through just in the last couple of years in the field of quantum science that is, that is important for us to know so that we can create our best life. And what you just said, Sila, it, it personally, I mean, per, uh, perfectly um, illustrates what I'm talking about. Your story is not your identity. You can be whatever you choose to be by knowing how to align their energy with what that looks like. And, and that's really freedom. That's really freedom. If I think about all the different stories that everybody has said, 
two things have resonated and absolutely everything folks have said is freedom and choices. Freedom to be yourself, freedom to come up with your own categorization of who you are, freedom to break the stereotypes and any boxes or labels anybody else puts on you, and choices, choices to be who you are, choice to study, whatever you want to study, you talked about your mom, and choices to, you know, go into what career you want to go into. I've been in the federal government space now, and I, I manage a $3.7 billion IT portfolio as well now, and I've still have that experience that you mentioned where I could be the only woman in the room most of the time, most of the days. Um, and it's, I've, I've been, in, I've been in a meeting and this was maybe three years ago where I was in a meeting and I was working on my laptop throughout the meeting. Of course, I'm multitasking. That's just what we do. And after the meeting, I followed up with one of the gentlemen with some questions and I gave him some different um, actions for him to do and report back to me when he could. And he said, oh, that was, that's interesting. And I was like, what was interesting? And he said, oh, well, um, you were on your laptop. So I didn't know that you were following along the meeting. I thought you were shopping or something. And it, yeah, <laughs> this, was, this was about three years ago. And this is in a DC area. This isn't in a, you know, area that's not modernized or progressive. This is in Washington, DC. So, and I, so I say that to say our freedom and our choices and empowerment of who we are is as important today as it was in 1920s, 50s, and any other time. And it may look a little bit different. It may be colored a little bit differently. But what we all are doing on this call um, is so important because every the, 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 the fight is not won yet. No, you know what? And I think, oh. I, I love what, you know, when, when you were talking about just now about how sometimes you're the only woman in the room, and that was me for a very, very long time, where I would be the only woman in the room, the only person of color in the room, right. you know, or whatever the case may be. And at this point, what I have started doing is that, like, if I see that I'm going to be the only woman or the only person of color or the only anything, I'm refusing to let that happen. I'm bringing somebody with me. And I don't even have to be rude about it when I'm going to these different um, engagements or, you know, experiences. I'll say, you know what? let me introduce you to X, Y, and Z. I'm going to bring X, Y, and Z with me. They need to say something here. You know, like I make sure that no matter where I go, I'm not going to be the only woman there. I'm not going to be the only person of color because it's so important. It's so important to lift while we climb. You know, make sure that anytime we're going somewhere, if we see something that shouldn't be going on, that's when we're supposed to act, right? We can't just let that happen. We have a voice. If they put us there, then they put us there for a reason. They might not know the reason. They might not know why they put us there. But they put us there for a reason. So we have to make sure that we're not the only women and that we're not the only people of color. Even if we're the first, we got to make sure that we're not, there's, there's, there, there is a second or a third or 999 in the game, right? That's our obligation. That's what we're here for. That's why we're empowering. No, and I have to I, say I think that, that, that in, this day and age, in this day and age, I mean, I, I thought it had changed until I started talking to women in their 20s and their 30s, and I'm seeing the same pattern that I grew up with. And um, it does have to change. I mean, look at, you know, all politics aside, look at what they did in Georgia. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, that's huge. That's Where I am right now in Georgia. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I was appalled. Yeah. You know, appalled because there's still this battle, this, this battle to suppress women sure, and sure. to keep those women in a box. And so oh, panels like this or doing what we can as individuals, no matter what age, 
no matter what color, it doesn't matter. It's like, we just have to rise as women and say enough, you know, we can do, we can be in science, we can be a math teacher, we can study quantum physics, we can do whatever it is that we want. And to that point, it is a choice. And so, but it's scary to make that choice that takes you down the opposition road, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so people will make choices based on that. I'd rather be safe and comfortable than, you know, rock the boat. I'm here to rock the boat. I'm a boat rocker. I think that's the, you know. the biggest part of transformation. <laughs> Big first step is, is identifying those triggers. What triggers you to feel that anxiousness or that uncomfortableness? Right. And then understanding why. Why does it make you uncomfortable? Right. right. And then once you understand that, you can understand that, this journey or understanding of how you got to this uncomfortable place, that's just a chapter in your story. It is not the ending. You don't have to be in this uncomfortable place. So break out of it and and change it. Well, I say stay uncomfortable because as long as you're staying uncomfortable, you are fostering growth. You know, I used to think that there was a such thing as normal. And my whole life, I tried to be normal. I was always too black. I was always too white. I was always uh not wow. the right side you know i was a model and when i was in 11th grade i was told that i was a full figure model and i wore size 10 and i was like okay i'm not gonna starve myself because my bones are too big i'm not gonna you know this was before ashley stewart this was before any of that you know but i was a black kid with a high iq and that was faux pas you know and my whole life trying to fit in and I think for me the purpose of empowerment and the reason why I chose to be a coach or even to build a platform is because I finally realized that it is okay to not be normal it is okay to not fit in it is okay to never be comfortable it is okay to be different and it is okay to speak out loud because life I hated the terms what goes on in this house stays in this house I have hated that, you know, it's nobody's business. I hated things that foster secrets. I hate secrets. Secrets cause pain. And when we are talking about our identity and we're talking about our size and we're talking about our careers and we're talking about our color and we're talking about abuse and all the things that we would stand as women, it's time that we stop suffering in silence. And if nothing else, the reason why I love panels is because we can look at each other and we have every age range here. We have every color. We have so much diversity in so many parts of the, the, the world. I love it because I get so tired of people always having excuses of why they can't face their truths or why they can't move forward or why they can't get out of a relationship. And I tell them all the time, look at the women that I bring before you. If you cannot find somebody who's been through what you've been through, that has come on the other side of it you know I'm trying to show you what it looks like because so much of our lives we don't see people that look like us doing what we want to do and I spend most of my days trying to put people in front of other people so they can see that it's possible because it doesn't matter what we've been through whether we were raped whether we were a sex worker whether we you know never finished college or even high school it doesn't matter that does not determine who you are and who you're destined to be no matter what day and how old you are, when you reach that goal, you just keep fighting. So I want to thank you guys for being here. I want to give each of you guys an opportunity to say um, 
some words because I had to get on my tyrant. You know that I had to get that out. So um, let me start with Kathy. Kathy's my turn. Go ahead, Kathy. Sure. I just want to first of all say thank you, Anika, for bringing us all together and allowing us this opportunity to to come together and voice. Um, I would just say to any woman out there, you are not alone. You, your story, whatever past, whatever life events, whatever trauma you have been through, honor it, but let it go so you can grow and move forward with your life to the vision of the person you want to be. And Anika, it looks like Bianca has to, uh, Marie has to jump off. Maybe she should go next so she could um, head out. Oh. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I am just humbled to be a part of this group and this discussion. I just want to um, echo what Kathy says, but to just remind all women from all walks that your journey is unique and is special and it's um, purposeful for you and for where you are. I think it's important to make sure that um, you are part of the collective, um, have a tribe of women who are supportive of you, who are understanding and who are your cheerleaders, um, but not to have um, women around you or to not to look at anybody else from your left to right um, and compare yourself. Um, but to gain strength and gain empowerment from just being part of the numbers of women who are trying to move this universe forward and to fulfill their calling for now in such a time as this. If I can be of assistance to anyone at any time, please just feel free to send me any, an email or reach out to me at info at bloomingmamaswellness.com. I will be more than happy to be of assistance. Thank you all. Thank you, um, Bianca. I, I, I just wanted to follow up um, with, a, you know, and close out with a follow up to what Anika was saying about um, about being uncomfortable. One of the things that I'm constantly telling my clients is, you know, what happens when all the superheroes are dead? And the reason that I say that is because we have a tendency um, to rely on somebody else to come and rescue us when we're already our own rescue. You know, but when there's nobody to come rescue you, what do you do when all the superheroes are dead? And, and the answer to that question is that the thing that we do when all the superheroes are dead is that we become our own superhero. And that's so important. That's so important in life. So I just want to, you know, close out reminding everybody that you are your own superhero and that you don't have to rely on anybody to come and rescue you and that everything that you need is inside of you. And, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to me, they can reach out to me at the, on my website, nemabafirm.com or on social media, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Salah Ward is my social media handles on, on all of those in, like Nancy, because my name is spelled a little different, N-S-E-L-A-A-W-A-R-D, N-S-E-L-A-A-W-A-R-D. And like I said, Salah Ward is all of my social media. Linda Candace. Thank you, Anika. Well, again, I'm going to echo what everybody else has said. This is really brilliant. And, uh, and Anika, I absolutely love and appreciate what you're about, what you're doing, 
your vision and um, any way I can support you, I'm on it because this is really powerful and important. So many women, we all have, like everyone said, we've all had very different experiences and there is no one way to feel good about who you are and to embrace the power of who you are. When you think about it, women are so powerful because we're the creators. We, we bring life into the world. We're the ones that carry that, that do that. And it's not that we, what, one of the things that I have, I mean, I'm almost speechless with so much energy and emotion about this experience. One of the things that I have, that I have noticed and experienced is that if there's anything that um, I feel guided to do, I can do it. There are no limits, whether it's back, you know, leg pressing 400 pounds, giving birth to a baby, juggling three businesses as an entrepreneur at the same time, stopping and being able to go and watch my granddaughter perform at a recital. It doesn't matter. We can do it because we're not doing it alone. I think that's really important to remember that even if you're not talking in the community, you're not alone because all of us, all of us understand what it's like to be told no. And all of us understand what it's like to say, uh, no way, get out of my way and just keep moving forward. Because we understand that, that in doing that, just like Sila said, we lift up others. There have been many women that have said to me, you know, I watched you and because of seeing you do what you do, I've been able to do what I want to do. And wow, that's powerful. So again, I just want to finish on this one thing. Um, my book, well, that the, um, God, I closed the thing, doggone it. Um, I was going to read that definition again, but I'll just say it. Empowerment is gifts and abilities. You take your own. If there's an ability or a gift that you notice in others, it's because you've got it too. And that's, that's how that is. The outside world is just an echo and reflection of what's going on inside of you. You see something and you admire it, go for it. And then the other thing I just want to share is that I have written a book about this information about energy and stuff so that you can empower yourself to, to understand how to navigate and, and, and even bring more feeling good feelings into your life. And um, my website is empoweredwholebeing.com. And if there's any way I can support you, oh yeah, actually there is a way. Um, on my website, I have a free download of uh, meditation audio file, it's an MP3. And um, I designed this after studying quantum biology. And what it does is it takes you through a process that you'll learn how to shift your alignment of your energy into expansion or, you know, feeling good feelings. It's very powerful. People are using it all over the world. It's free. It's my gift to you because my whole goal 
is to empower others to understand that they already are this, they already have value. They don't have to prove anything to anybody. They already innately have value. It's not your story, it's who you really are, this value. So thanks again, Annika, uh, for this opportunity. And um, I just feel blessed to have connected with all of you. Thank you for being here, Candice. Linda? Um, well, first off, thank you again for a powerful panel. I've been on um, one or two before, and it's, it's always amazing to hear everyone and how so many, we echo each other just in saying it in a different way. And I think that's um, triple powerful, actually. Um, empowerment is really, really close to my heart, and I want everyone out there who's listening to this to take a moment and just shut their eyes and then to realize that there's almost 8 billion people in this world. And out of that 8 billion people, there is no one who was created like you. No one has your eye color. No one has the shape of your eyes. No one has the color of your hair or talks like you or thinks like you or walks like you. And I'll tell you what, if that isn't damn perfect, I don't know what is. Because that's a miracle. And I think that we forget with all the white noise that surrounds us every single day that we actually are miracles. And if we can just embrace that idea and just hold on to it to realize on those days where you just like are overwhelmed with the chitty chatty voices, I like to call them, that are telling you you're not good enough or you're not, then you can just stop for a minute, close your eyes and go, okay, wait, Linda told me I'm a miracle. Picture one little tiny speck out of 8 billion people because that changes your viewpoint. And that is what is so, so important. Um, and the other thing is, think about Maya Angelou's quote, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, then you need to change your attitude. It's all about a choice. It's really about looking at what you're living, how you're living. If you don't like it, then you have that power. You can empower yourself to say, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm going to move on. And you know, read my bio on my website because that's what I've done my entire life. I've had to transform several different times because life threw some curveballs. So just really picture yourself, one out of eight billion, how unique that is. Remember, you have that power to change whatever it is that you don't like in your life. And I have um, a freebie on my website and it's a meditation, inner wisdom meditation to help people sit down, listen, and ask themselves certain questions so they can kind of like pick out, wow, you know, what is it that I really want? And have you really asked yourself that? What is it that I really want out of life? And my website is just my name, lindamclay.com. And again, thank you so much, Anika. I love you to death and you know I'm here for you. Well, thank you, ladies. I am like super excited because, you know, I'm down and under the weather today, but I was empowered enough to take a shower so that I could be here in case y'all smell <laughs> me through the screen. <laughs> but anyways, listeners, I want to always be authentic as usual. And that's why I tell y'all the crazy truths. But the reality of it is, is that I hope that each of you have been empowered by a story that you've heard today. And I want you to also know that I will do my best to bring these amazing women to you in so many different ways in the future. But if nothing else, just know that you are special. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Your Voice, Your Power. 
look in the description for the links for all of these amazing ladies. And don't forget, stay powerful.